Riddle and this is the Nat Life Pod, a platform for conversation to help close the gap between wellness as an industry and wellness as a state of being. Big shout out to this episode's sponsor, XL Coffee. XL are renowned organic coffee producers here in the UK who have gone to extraordinary lengths to ensure their coffee is mold-free and has kept its antioxidant potency. XL are waking up the world of coffee. I'm a big fan and recommend you go give them a try. Use discount code NatLifePod at checkout. Details are in the show notes. On this episode of the NatLifePod, I'm behind the mic with my wife, my rock, my lover, my partner, my best friend, the wisest advisor and the phenomenal mother to our four unschooled wildlings. Yes, it's the keystone that is Katerina Riddle. A few years back, I had the honour of getting behind the mic with Katerina to unpack our natural reparenting approach for our friends' podcast called We Move. The podcast was really well received and ever since its launch, I've been inundated with requests to get Katerina back behind the mic. So here she is, Katerina Riddle back behind the mic we unpack a lot here a fair amount around parenting of course but also our roles within that plenty to hear plenty to receive i always receive so much through katarina and i hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did i'm wooing you i'm humming you i'm wooing you (laughs) Katerina Riddle. Keystone Katerina, as I like to call you. Welcome back. Actually, it's not back to the Nat Life pod because it's back to... Well, it's back behind the mics. But our first pod together was with Chris and James's We Move. Natural parenting, which had a big splash. I've had so much feedback and continue to get feedback on that pod. Um, Where we unpacked our parenting journey, right? From natural birth, sleep, breastfeeding, unschooling. And we had Tallulah with us for a part of that, right? Yeah, she was sitting on my lap. Yeah. Breastfeeding. And then she fell asleep. And then she fell asleep. So it was great. It was like perfect. It was the example. And I was pregnant with Bo. And pregnant with Bo. Was it pre was it pre run? Was it pre Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was before going off, right? Yeah, it was before... Um, Lands in... Lands in John Groats. John Groats. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were... And then we came back. You were eight months pregnant on the road. And yeah. then we... And then, then we came back. Then Bo was born in October. Yeah. And then we had COVID. And then that, we moved out. Yeah, and then, London. Now we're here. And now we're in Cornwall. And Bo is turning four. And Bo is turning four. There's a quick recap for you. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I thought it was great to do this again because there's been, again, lots of kudos for that podcast, but also when are you going to do another one? And it's quite regular in my community, Natlife Tribe, also within the experiences we put together or hold. Um, and then just through socials, like in the DMs lots of parenting parental kind of questions around that to which i always reply well actually you know 
it's Katarina needs to speak to this. It's not like there's no Tony in that involvement, but I mean, you're really holding that space, I would say. Well, you are in that involvement. Of course I am. I'm <laughs> just in your way. Papa in yeah, that I, relationship. I couldn't have done it without you. Actually, many things, the natural parenting approach I um, could develop towards our children mm. is also because of you mm. creating that space. Mm. And I think that's, that, that actually this is a big point, yeah? Because um, if a woman wants to take herself away from the outside world and the problems of the outside world and throw herself if, into the bubble, me and my baby, and being that really enjoy the bonding process, first years of the child's life, she needs to feel safe and protected. Mm. And that's what I did. That's what we did together. I accepted that you will be the shield and you will take the heat from outside. And I relax my mind and I nurture the shielded bubble inside. Mm, that's lovely. And I think it's very important. I think it's important to mention it because it's the woman who has to allow the man to create the shield and it's the man who has to be strong enough to shield the family. And of course, the dynamic changes as like our children are now growing. I'm discovering again, stepping into different roles in my life. Mm. But with the babies and the young age, definitely the at least the seven, six, seven, first six, seven years of children's lives, the the nurturing bubble is very important, right? Yeah, and the, and the again, the templates being formed in those years yeah. of that. The so observations that are being made of that, of those relationships. Yeah, so like, let's say the way I would explain it, sometimes couples decide, which is absolutely fine, but sometimes couples decide that the man would get up during the night and prepare the milk and feed the baby and wait until the child falls asleep, which is okay if it works for the couple. I'm not criticizing that. But for us, what worked was I would say, okay, I, I do it all. I breastfeed the baby. I'm the one who stays awake during the night, but I need you to feel fulfill different role so I don't break down, don't crumple down and can actually do it. Mm. Yeah? So you can say, oh, Katarina, is you doing the job? Yes, but it's also you doing the job. So I'm not asking you to get up and feed the baby. But I need you to do other things can so I can relax. Should we call it a role? A role, yeah. Yeah. So I, if you don't get up and feed the baby, I need you to do different things, support me differently in my life so I don't crumble and I can hold the space and I can do it. Yeah. 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 I, I, that fulfilled word is in there, isn't it? Fulfillment and again, fulfilling that role, but reaching or feeling fulfillment through that role. Yes. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And there's a maturity yeah. I think comes through that because you're really nurturing something that feels much more to me felt 
feels much more natural within that role. Yeah, and to me as well. And that's why for us it um, really works. Yeah, yeah it's interesting times because we had Sam on here recently, you know, and um, Jana was um, having their baby, Jude, you know, and, and let's say if we stripped all this back and returned back to community or tribe, let's call that, you know, um, where there would be several mothers, several fathers, and you'd have women within the circle who can hold that space for the women that are perhaps giving birth. Um, yet now we find that from my side as a father, that you're then stepping into a role that to support partner in that birthing role. And yet we're not aligned with that in a sense because we can't possibly connect to the same degree as a woman would who's had children to support the woman that's having the child that is a challenge for us yeah it's a real, it is a challenge and it and because it, i was like giving birth i yeah. was comfortable to have you around not my mom or mm. my mother-in-law yeah yeah and yet from a male perspective yeah. we have to learn this role and it's something again that requires a sensitivity and a level of, emo of emotions that mm. really um, aren't so aligned. Yeah, but you did well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know. <laughs> I like your face. Testament to the work, right? I mean, there's there's that picking up on our own sensitivities, you know, and not to say we can't develop that to a degree, but I still feel that it can't match or be on par with um, women within a circle that are familiar with seeing it as in a natural birth. Because there's, a, there's again, there's a sensitivity there, isn't there, to um, my my mum's kind of language around giving birth was, again, like um, giving birth to a bowling ball and, you know, it's incredibly this yes, or it's incredible. So there's, so there's that language that comes with it and then it's, mm. you know, again through observation or learnings now for our girls again it's a different template and a different language that they've yeah. now um received through you through us you know we have to work what we've got so we don't have yeah. community so yeah we had to find our way yeah and we did well we are happy we found our way and maybe for our children it will be different maybe our daughters will find the little female group in me and other people who are already like-minded you know in, in well that's again what i love about the work right now that we call the work but let's call it the men's and women's circles that are opening up and then honoring roles within that and then coming together in ceremony i spoke to this on the pod recently but the, from the hundred human experience that we've just put together um, that there was a, share, a huge sharing circle and within that the women were speaking to how it was beautiful healing to be around men that are conscious and have been doing the work and it created that same message that we began with really it created safety you know and for that it's very healing but it's not just healing for the women it's also incredibly healing for the men to actually receive that as well you know well, that's how I perceive it. So I would say that um, 
I would describe it that I allowed myself to step in uh, my truly female power, mm. which you helped me to empower it. And then you feel sometimes how you stepped into your power and I helped you on the journey. Yeah. And it's like a circle. We don't even know where exactly we started, but somehow... Well, it's again it's like that you infinity, as a man infinity are sign, right? Yeah, you as a man are empowering my female powers. Mm. And me as a woman, I'm empowering your male powers, which is uh, extraordinary, isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah. So mm. it's almost like the, the more work you're doing, you're almost dis dismantling the unhealthy traits, mm. you know, to remember, because it is remembering. It's not like you just, you know, you just suddenly download these um, healthy masculine, feminine traits, whatever we want to call them, there's labels right now, right? Mm. Um, but there's a, it, it's almost like there is a remembering within that, you know, remembering who we are and remembering who we are in relation. Yeah, which again, we, we lost that, yeah. <laughs> it's, we are confused as a society, what it is really. We don't like the... I think it's a bit of a tricky when we talk about um, uh, being inspired by our ancestors because we have to distinguish. Are we talking about ancestors or the way men and women lived? Are we talking about 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago? Mm. Yeah, because sometimes people would... Uh, criticize the male and female position, but they take the template of society, like let's say 1950s, but that society was already compromised. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I would say that even probably 1,500 in Europe, we can't take that as a healthy template because that was already compromised society. Mm -hmm. Right. And then going back, you and I like going back to hunter gatherers and trying to explore the way they live. But again, that's a world that is so far away from us. Definitely inspiring, but we are not hunter gatherers. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. Um, but again, why that why that indigenous piece is so important, like the indigenous cultures today, there are lessons there because there they, they still are and remain to be living the same way that they have for thousands of years, right? There's cultures yeah. there that have been living the same for tens of thousands of years, you know? Yeah, but again, for us, it's rediscovering again. It seems again. so far removed. And also, yeah. how do we merge those worlds even and look to the wisdom of those cultures to bolster up and support what we're doing in what is, what can be a compromised environment, right? Yeah. How do you nurture that environment? So for us, it's a discovery journey, isn't it? Trying to yeah. forget, in a way, we're trying to forget what our mums and grandmas did. And we're trying to rediscover, rediscover it. Yeah, what it, Rediscovering ourselves. How it feels, right. And then rediscovering each other. Yeah. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's always a new dynamic there. Yeah. That's exciting, right? If you look at it like that, it's like, you know, every moment just again, is an evolution in itself of the dynamics of those relationships. There you go. It's like waking up with a new Katarina and Tony every morning. <laughs> ah, what a wonderful world. Uh, I, um, I think from the, from the last pod, because we, we went, again, we went along natural birthing and we discussed um, 
baby slings and carrying and breastfeeding and up to what point and some real magic in there. So I think that's what we put that. I think Simon, we can get that in the show notes, right? Yeah. Um, something that came up in the men's group, like man, men, one of the guys in there. Um, and this, this is where it's really helpful to, again, align practices with nature and then you embody it and then you have the knowledge of it, but then you've embodied it and then you get the wisdom, right? So there's wisdom in those natural practices of parenting. I would say that we're uncovering, rediscovering. So one of the guys in man, men, getting back to that, as I digress, he, um, was voicing how he was having trouble that they were having trouble as the couple with their toddler feeding, um, baby feeding as the baby was teething and dribbling and having really raw gums and it being very sensitive and also that the baby wasn't feeding, eating, they were trying to give, get more food on board and, um, and because the baby wasn't feeding, it was triggering them thinking, oh my God, you know, as you would go to like the baby starving. So then choosing things like bread and pasta, you see, which then. How old was the baby? I can't remember now, but te teething age. Okay. So if bread and pasta probably already six yes. months, right? So we know that, you know, that, that, that digestive system is very young and it's, um, if we think of what we know around bread and pasta anyway, what that can be doing to our digestive system, it can create inflammation. So then that inflammation then is a irritant in a way, which then the sensitivity of te teeth coming through is then heightened, right? So I was like, okay, you need to get to gumming foods and look at baby led weaning, but remove the, like the farmed grain aspect of baby led weaning and get it back to soft and, and gumming and playing with foods and um and we unpacked that and then it then it, then the discovery was that the child was in a high chair so i said well okay bring play in like put rather than trying to feed the child as in here you go and baby spits food out and isn't interested at that stage so we keep going because our fear is they're not going to eat and then they create this negative pattern towards the color of the food because you're forcing this food in they're like no i don't want to eat it now and so just, so my advice was then knowing what we know and what we've practiced is to ground live, but also put the food even on the floor, just put it around the area and see what happens. And it was within 20 minutes of that voice message, um, video message, actually we video in there that their child had started eating and was gumming with the food, gumming the food. And he was like, in their mind, like, oh my God, this is a miracle. But really all we're doing again is bringing natural practices in how things would be, right? <laughs> so this is, anyone that's out there, you know, it's really worth picking up and listening to this because again, that's four children in now and no teething problems. Yeah, so we discovered, we discovered, uh, we got actually given book Baby Led Weaning, which made sense to us because... In nature, you wouldn't mash, you wouldn't freeze, you wouldn't. Mothers would pre-chew stuff yeah. and put it. So already enzymatic processes are yeah. taking care of that. And the nature would say whatever the child, children can mash between their hands and gum with their teeth, that's what they can eat. Mm. Yeah. So what they can't, that you wouldn't give it to them. You would wait until they grow up, 
Yeah. The enzymes are ready, the teeth are ready. In that really early digestive system yeah. that can't cope otherwise. And the nature knows the best. Yeah, so sometimes um, I I don't like getting stuck to... Um, I don't like putting my myself into position when... Uh, people look for, for professional advice. Yeah. I'm I'm not nutritionist. Mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. I actually would say I know nothing about raising babies from professional perspective. I have my own experience with my own children, and that's what we can share. What we can so speak when to. We, yeah. yeah. So when we became parents, like uh, my cousin now asked me about, um, let's say, introducing rice to her child, and I would joke and I would say, well. That depends what books you read, because there are books saying this and there are books saying that. And that's how it is these days. Mm. You have books and the information actually can confuse you. But our way to get out of the confusion would be, well, let's just look what you would do in nature. Yeah. Yeah. Win, I call it. Works in nature. And uh, yes, is not always... All, for us, it's not always possible to do everything exactly how the nature programmed it, but at least we can go as close as possible to it. Yeah, yeah. with what you have. With what we have. And the closer we get to it, I, I believe, the, the easiest and the better. Because like Chilton, Joseph Chilton Pierce, he describes in nature, the nature design in our DNA and in our genes is... There is a perfection. There is a perfect timing for hormones to kick in, for delivery to be perfect, for perfect bond between the baby and the mother, for perfect development of the child's brain. Mm -hmm. And the nature wants progress. The nature wants evolution. So everything there is to be perfect for the child to be genius in their own right, Mm. to outgrow the generation before to be better, to grow, because that, that's what nature wants. Yeah, But I like how um, Chilton Pierce puts it. The only thing nature didn't prepare us or herself for, that us humans will just decide to mess up. Mm. Yeah, And nature didn't prepare our genes for our free will to remove ourselves from it. Mm. And we have been now removing ourselves from nature for years and years and years. Now we've got what we've got and we just have to work with it. Yeah. Yeah. And take it step by step, step by step, find a way how to rediscover Rediscover that perfect design. Yeah. Yeah. Nature programmed us for absolute success. Mm. Every child is programmed to be happy, to live in perfect health, perfect joy, and to be genius in their own way. That's what nature wants. But let's look around us, yeah? So, as amazing as it sounds, yes, back to earth, back to every day. We wake up, we wake breakfast, baby's crying. What do we do day by day, day by day, practical life? What do we do, mm-hmm. yeah? So um, it comes down to that every single step, practical step we do with our children. So going back to the feeding, just think, how would you feed your baby in nature? How would you do it? They would be breastfed for a really long time. Mm. 
And then when the child shows interest around the age of four months, they consider food as a play. They play with it, more or less. You let them play. Our children sat on my lap. They would play with the food. And at six months, they would start playing with it, gumming it, chewing it, mashing it, doing whatever with it. Then you have to be just watch them so they don't choke. Our children never did because there is even... Um, Again, I don't want to put myself into professional. The choke reflex. But there is a reflex developing with the play, Mm. with the play of food. So it's all, again, the nature was prepared for it. So the baby spits out whatever is bigger Mm. before the baby swallows it. Uh, Again, I can confirm. I've observed it for times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, do that. No, no baby wants to sit strapped to a chair and being fed. Well, also, yeah, because you bring it back it's to boring, the, right? Well, just bring it back to the the crux of all of it, which is physical, social, spiritual needs and the physical need sense. Like, how do we feel when we've been sitting for large periods of time and we've been conditioned into it? And yet you're taking this incredible capacity to move well at such an early age so the movement need isn't being met and the food the play need isn't being met and the food need isn't really being met and the social need yeah. isn't being met because there's no connection human contact and I, <clears throat> again going back to joseph children Pierce, I, I think that that was the most mind-blowing part of that work when it first dropped in right the mm. heart fields understanding the heart rhythms you know, take a baby more than 12 feet away from the mother, it becomes incoherent or primary foundation Mm -hmm. only when it comes back to that field. And then look at what we do at times of separating parents from children and young children and where they're placed. Um, The breastfeeding, we, I mean, we, we really unpacked it on the last one, but again, that the, the length of what is suggested in a modern existence versus again, um, again i don't nature didn't want us to struggle no every animal is capable of looking after their babies mm. the nature knew that deers have to be able to get up early the ducks have to swim <laughs> yeah that the birds have to learn how to fly and again the, the fact that human babies are born in a way so premature and they depend on adults yeah, for three such months a premature long time. compared to the rest of the age. Yeah, or they don't, don't crawl until around nine months, mm. yeah? There is a reason for it. There is a reason why nature wants human babies to be attached to their parents for a long time. Mm. And there are several books uh, that suggest how the attachment to to parents stimulates their brain development Mm. yeah so again and nature doesn't make it difficult for us the parenting is meant to be easy yeah and it is easy parenting is easy it's intense and it takes whole village to raise a child but it's not it's not meant to be difficult you know it's like feeding is meant to go well Sleeping is meant to go well. And yes, if the nature design is evolving, it's actually not like I would walk on the street with with Bo, Tallulah and Lola Millie next to me. And some people would say, oh, that must be a hard job for you. And I would say, actually, it's not. It's not a hard job. It's it's full-time job, yeah, more than full-time because it's 
day and night, <laughs> every day a week. But it's not hard. It's, it's actually pretty manageable because the baby, if it's carried, carried, if it's breastfed on demand, if the baby sleeps with you during the night, you get decent sleep. Mm. It's all manageable. Yeah, let's unpack that. You get to sleep when the baby's on you in the night because lots of friends that we know and lots of people that have kind of come into this communication in the past have been up doing the feed in the night and they have such a tough time um, getting up to doing feeds and the timing of the feeds and they both in in their relationship or if they're single parents end up smashed in that process and we experience something very different you know well, so, again, so we what were, is that difference? And... I was lucky to be told when Lola was born, I was lucky to be told by the, the lactating specialist. Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Who told me that um, they call it cluster feeding. Mm. Yeah. First of all, I was lucky the baby was latching and feeding. Again, I don't know what people are meant to do if that doesn't happen. Yeah. But there are the specialists advising with yeah. breastfeeding problems. Let's just say I was lucky for me. It just happened which over time you know again through nurturing these circles that we exist in that yeah can again hopefully shape into something yeah. that's normalized right but let's go back to rachel so uh, she told me it's very normal for babies to cluster feed like let's say in the evenings if they're nervous they might feed even every half an hour between four and eight yes or every 45 minutes and um, she also told me it's very normal to feed the baby on demand. It's not whenever baby asks. It's not we can't overfeed them or it's not like they will get overweight or something. Mm -hmm. The baby can actually regulate how much they need to drink. So and once given this information, then all I did, I was looking for cues from Lola. And babies can communicate their need to feed before they cry. That's again our... 20th century, 21st century Western Europe misconception is that babies communicate with cry. They do, but they cry when it's already too late, mm. when they have been trying to tell us and tell us and tell us and nobody picked on it. So they have to now cry. Yeah? So the signals are to, there. To, to <clears throat> make it pretty. And, and we're yes. not sensitive to the signals. But uh, <clears throat> I could see on baby's face, ah, they need to feed. They need to sleep. And with Tallulah, we realized we could see on baby's face she needs to go to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Again, I find that easy. The baby lets you know they need to feed. You feed them. Mm. And then if you carry them, all this burping, losing time on burping them, burp you don't have to do that because you carry them. They are in the sling upright. So I would sometimes feed them, put them in the sling, and in 20 minutes I would hear, oh, okay. That's yeah, that's the another piece of advice I gave to someone because I said, imagine drinking, like, I mean, in proportion size, yeah? We scaled it. Mm. And I went, right, here's a, ma like a massive bottle, right, of milk. Drink that and then go and lie on your back. What would happen? Yeah. Yeah, but mm. people know they need to burp babies. It's just if you... It takes time. People would complain, oh, it's all this burping mm. takes time. But if they're in the sling, they're in the sling. You need to do the burping if you want to put them down in a lying position. But if you carry them... Yeah, yeah. Which, you is, save yourself which again lots of time. brings that win that works in nature. It isn't like babies in nature are going to fed and then put down. 
it's there's a they're always carried constant yeah. communication through that carrying yeah and then um the toilet would come usually after feeding then you change the nappy and then the baby sleeps at some point mm. and it repeats in these circles and slowly slowly as the baby is growing the awake time gets longer and longer and the sleeping time gets shorter and shorter when lola was born we had her in the bed we were pretty afraid i remember yeah it was new so it took days to deal with the inherited templates and language around having children in your bed yeah we were pretty afraid and we had really shallow sleep because we were just watching her yeah but once i gained confidence that was it we were flying mm so i would sleep in a raised position and have her in my chest i wouldn't with all our children i didn't even have them next to me first 3 weeks i had them on my chest yeah because when you are in shallow sleep you can hear the baby breathing mm. yeah and then very thin blanket to be covered with yeah nothing around you so they don't suffocate hard mattress is mm. important yeah and i would get decent sleep that way yeah yeah and there's no waking and up and it was manageable there is no the getting up and feeding and 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 we would have the light off mm-hmm. right we wouldn't put the light on during the night so nobody gets woken up yeah after a while i learned how to exchange nappy in darkness actually mm-hmm. <laughs> not pitch dark but like you still have light coming from the window environment yeah but i would actually very confidently exchange nappies in darkness <laughs> and so i don't have to wake anybody up and you continue sleeping and mm. you don't upset your hormones and your baby hormones with bright light bright light coming in yeah the melatonin saboteur in that conversation yeah so again just relax the baby knows how much they need to feed listen to their cues and go with it yeah mm. to me it's is as simple and perfect as that sadly it doesn't happen for everybody like that yeah and sadly if it doesn't happen that way that i that summer where i can't help because i don't know for me as if it was like very easy yeah yeah well this is what we've done and this is our yeah. experience and this through again i think raising four kids that but there are other people other communities gives, gives you the wisdom yeah. and you can speak to that Yeah. I actually thought so many times about it because when I used to run uh, my um Instagram account with Let Them Rise I would very I was very keen to uh, to communicate the natural approach to parenting because it's so beautiful and it's so empowering. I was very keen to encourage those people who are worried, who feel who have intuition that the nature knows best but they're worried i was very keen to empower them and say no just listen to that instinct put all the worry behind you and listen to that instinct because the instinct is there for a reason mm. yeah i was very keen to do that but um after bo bo was born i had this moment in my life when i thought am i actually helping other parents you know am i am i just like coming across a bit like boasting <laughs> oh look at me i'm this natural mother you know i have this natural birth experience and my babies just sleep and they just feed and it's all just amazing and But, it's so simple and it's so simple you know yeah. like 
I think so many mothers, when they listen to that, they might just think, oh, you know, like. Well, especially if they're overwhelmed, right? Because yeah. then they're also there. Like that's shadow playing out, isn't it? Like so I'm I, boasting. Yeah. And then for those that are overwhelmed, then stuff plays out as well, how yeah, they so receive on one that. Side, on one side, I would just like, I really would like to tell people that the nature has designed everything perfectly well. Mm. But on the other side, I know that it doesn't work out. And we know with Bo that with the um, natural birth, things might just not, not work out. Yeah. Mm. So that on the other side, I'm trying to question, okay, how can we help if, if things don't go as nature intended? Because people suffer. Yeah, it's, it can be upsetting. It can be hard. Yeah. Well, there's so how can there, we help well, them? Well, there's scenarios in nature. Well, if you were to apply perhaps some of the births that aren't in nature, if they were in nature, it could possibly mean that mother or baby wouldn't survive it. Yes, but that's a tough one, Tony. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just uh, just applying that, right? Yeah. Whereas in this environment, you know, we we do have that to call upon if we need it, right? Yeah. The help is there. The help is there, yeah. 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 And then I guess just take it step by step and don't worry about not being 100% natural, just... Even if you're sixty percent, it's still okay. You yeah, know? again, it's do, doing what do you can best. with what you have. Yeah, you know. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, something else I get hit with a lot, you know, if I'm putting stuff up on socials, is um, it'd be great to hear from your wife. You know, it's all right for you going out there, running and getting in the sea and doing breath work and doing this and doing that. Does that mean your wife's just left at home and the kid's cooking? And, you know, and I get a bit bashed in that sense, but there is also that you chose not to immerse in the world of social media. Yeah. Yes, I'm not on social media. So just people, just because people can't see something, yeah. it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, you know, and if actually, it doesn't happen on Instagram, it means it's not happening. Right? And actually, I literally ask you, Tony, just don't put out there too yeah. much. I just want my private life. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So people see you running and going in the sea, but people don't see that sometimes you are at the computer working from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. and I'm chilling on the beach homeschooling my kids. Yeah, I know. Not I having know, to know. worry about single thing in the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it has been like that for many years. Yeah. yeah, you would be the one working and providing and creating the shield for our family mm -hmm. and I would be nurturing the bubble from inside having amazing time. <laughs> so I guess that's the answer for people who bash you. I've got my own ways of... Yeah, well, I've got my own time to uh, go in the sea and I've got my own time to run and I've got my own time to be in nature. Well, that's where I wanted to so, go to because there is this yeah. question of, um, you know, it'd be on the other side of the po more positive messages within that, I would say, that feel like a little less like I'm being bashed. <laughs> um, uh, it'd be really beneficial healing almost to hear how Katerina navigates that and what her self-care practices what is it that she's doing 
you know, rather than it just being like, right, here's breath work, here's cold immersion, here's now getting in the sauna, here's running, here's, you know, so what are some of okay. those self-care practices and how do you weave that into your day if you are creating that, you know, the the safety within that environment yourself? Okay, so I guess before we start with that, I just have to say um, it's also my personality, which is uh, slightly introverted, so mm. I'm happy to be on my own. I don't need to be surrounded by people all the time. And also the specific interests I have in life um, probably are to my advantage. Yeah, so that being homeschooling mom, being with children um, most, all the time, I still can uh, nurture my soul and find time to myself. Maybe mm. different type of mother who is more outgoing or who needs different creative expression Maybe that would, wouldn't be for her. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind that my personality yeah. and my specific interests are to my advantage. So, yeah. but within that, I would say the, the way I... So well put. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> within that, the way I would say I care for myself. Let's say we start with movement. Yes, I moved a lot because before I had Lola, I would do regular classes and everything. I would move with the baby. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, baby carrying wasn't just baby carrying. For me, baby carrying was an exercise as well. Yeah. Going up the hill, um, cooking with the baby in the sling in the kitchen. I turned it into exercise because each time you have to squat, take something out, you have to get up. Perfect for bum muscles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I was sometimes tired and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be easier to put the baby down and just get everything done? Yes, it would have, but I accepted that challenge in my life as I'm doing something for myself. I'm not just carrying the baby and making dinner and hoovering. I'm also doing my own exercise, mm. which helps my spine, which helps my um, manage my body weight. Yeah, um, I would do lots of uh, stretches. Mobility. Um, you don't like stuff. calling it stretches. You like mobility. You know, like well, what the do floor, you like yoga, like mobility or whatever. I would do that with children in a playful way. I would ask them to climb on me so I can sit and reach, put my head to my knees and, you know, touch my hands with my toes. I would, children ask to climb on me. I would turn it into a game. Mm, so it's playful as well, right? It's a playful. Um, now, when nobody's in the kitchen looking and I empty dishwasher, <laughs> I hop in the morning. Do you? I hop to the dishwasher. <laughs> Now that's a revelation. Now that's out there. I squat. I'm going to creep down in the morning. I want to see you I hop. squat, take dishes. I do a couple of squats. I put the dishes away. I hop to the dishwasher. So just by emptying dishwasher, I have already a bit of my own exercise done. Mm. Yeah. Then I do a bit of hanging. Yeah. Let's say my creative needs. I met lots of my creative needs just by doing creative stuff with my children. Mm. Yeah, just even cooking can be very creative. Art with children can be creative. Homeschooling is extremely creative um, um, activity for me. Yeah, so I'm not an artist, whatever, but I put lots of my creative expression that way. Yeah, mm. Intellectual needs, um, I just like reading books and I can always find time for it. I would find time to read books while breastfeeding, when children would fall asleep, 
So I meet my intellectual needs again around my children. And through having amazing conversations with your husband. Yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whilst hopping. Yeah. Um, uh, nature, exposure, very easy to meet for me again because I don't have to work. I'm not stuck in the office. I just go out with my children. And we have a woodland. And one of my, yes, now we have a woodland, but we also lived in London, darling. Yeah, we yeah. lived in Windsor for five years. Yeah, yeah it took a so, lot of that, that. But again, that expression was, that was met. But one of my favorite activities in the morning would be to pack lunch or pack snacks, make myself tea in the flask, take children out, sit in the park. Children are usually very content when you take them outside. They, they always play on their own for mm. a couple of minutes, at least 40 minutes. For me, that would be very good time to distress, to sit in nature. Now I have time to do my breath work and meditation in that time. I just pack everything, go to beach, children play, they look after themselves. And I just do my meditation breath work with one eye kind of making sure everything is right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I meet my own needs that way around you call children. That like a dolphin yeah. meditation, something. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I can do that. I'm looking after myself and our children. I'm nurturing the bubble inside because I deliberately don't worry with other things. I just leave that to you. Mm. Yeah. So again, it's our cooperation. If I was mother who has to pay the bills or mother who has to go to work, or if I had a different problems in my life, I couldn't immerse myself. Um, so much into um, I think there's a level there's a self-care and natural I think there's a level parenting. of there's a surrender to that as well right there was a level of surrender to that at the beginning yeah yeah there definitely was but um it feels like a pleasant surrender not unpleasant mm. surrender, like a, more yeah. like a uh, I, would, I wouldn't even <clears throat> say surrender like painful for me yeah more of like get rid of the beliefs that are pushed on us by society. Yeah, do you want to unpack yeah. what they were, some of those beliefs that were being pushed on you? Well, and what my you felt family. Like was the relieving surrender. My, my, my mom is still horrified that I don't, haven't had my own salary for many years. My yeah. mom can't believe it, mm. that I put myself in a situation. Well, you were quite academic. You went through a whole, you went to university, you... Studied psychotherapy, psychology, yeah. I have background in psychology. Yeah, <laughs> I just so, say it that way. Yeah. So that's it's understandable in a way that yeah, you can under you can I understand it based on the templates own... that we have, right? Yeah, I, I I had to kind of because again, I can I can imagine that um, for some women in their situation. They actually don't want to depend on their husband's financial income because the relationship is not completely reliable. Mm. And then woman doesn't really want to be in that situation. I completely get it. So the fact... The safety. Yeah. But our relationship is safe. Mm. And because of our relationship is safe, I, I could challenge those beliefs. Yeah? I could challenge those. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. We hear you. I don't have to feel bad not to have my own income on 
be have our income, but not to have my own personal income, yeah. just because society likes to seeing it. So, I, you know, I don't have to yeah. care what society expects of me. For me, it's important. Our relationship is amazing and our, our family is happy. Yeah. Again, there's transitions even within that. There's evolutions within that. Like you're now on a new path and you're in the very capable, um, knowledgeable, wise hands of Nicola Dunn and looking at family constellation work, right? Yes. Which then will, will develop into something, no doubt, extraordinary. Actually, now you mentioned it. And we'll bring it. something back to the community now as well. Now you mentioned it. It's, it's, good, it's good time to say that, um, remember, I was sharing with you that I'm so happy Yeah. that, uh, yes, Tony, I wanted to mention that uh, surrendering wasn't feeling as unpleasant. It was feeling like giving up on some beliefs and um, pressures from society was actually opening my hands up and I allowed myself to receive more. Heart and hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel during those years being with our children and kind of give, giving up on the idea of what a woman should be like and just being who I wanted to be and mother I wanted to be, I gained more than I lost. And now as our children are growing and again, I'm thinking of what else could I do and I decided to study family constellations, I told you, I don't think I have lost anything in those years. No. I would sometimes joke, I was like pregnant, breastfeeding, pregnant, breastfeeding for so many years, but um, I haven't lost anything. I just feel I have gained more than I could even, I gained more than I have given. And now I'm only 43. I've got still many years ahead of me. And I can go to two universities if I want to. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, that's have the, I lost again. Anything? It's looking at the the I long haven't. game of those yeah. conversations. But also, I think when you say I've gained, I think it's more we have gained. Yes. Yeah. You know, because again, in that full surrender, the joyous surrender, it sounds like. Yeah. You know, you've real. There's again receiving at embodied. The same time. Like, you've really yeah. embodied, right? So then that is tr true and it's aligned with you being authentic within that because you've you've removed the what can be limiting beliefs and behaviors to really immerse yourself in what Katarina's needs are what she feels and your intuition all those female superpowers right and you nurture that and then again every relationship around you benefits from you mm. being doing Katarina it's just like we at the beginning we said about the couple relationship and the dynamic, the amazing dance, the reciprocity, yeah, allowing it. each other to rise, mm. yeah, and grow. Again, the family dynamic is just amazing mm. when you kind of are immersed in it. How, yeah, the giving is at the same time receiving, and it's just like a, if you don't if you don't block it, it's an amazing flow, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a and now imagine that that model that can function with healthy couple and children in the small family. Mm -hmm. Now imagine to take that model and expand it yes. on several families and on healthy community mm. and on healthy society. Yeah. So like we say, if we want to change the world, you have to start from yourself. Yeah. So Either you change. do your own work, I do my own work. Then 
is the healthy relationships. Yeah, for us is other relationships, but all sorts of healthy relationships. Yeah, healthy family, healthy community, healthy society. Right. Mm. Yet yeah, I I really speak to that piece of um, you know being the change, but doing the work ourselves, and we've explored that in I think within that we move podcast, but the going out into the world and discovering, and that is moments of where you go out on your own, but you do the work and you come back, and it's the whole in this case smaller family, and then that benefit from that because each time you go out and you explore something or discover something or uncover something or recover something remember whatever we want to call that now dismantle the old and remember something you bring it back is everyone within that community benefits from you doing that work again Mm. every relationship around us improves from us doing that work Mm. you know and then the younger ones again just are observing all the time that that's that's the norm that's the new norm oh that's a new norm Mm. you know and i think the more you can introduce to what win works in nature again the better all those relationships are going to become right you know we saw again this we have this belief we don't even know why we have this belief and where it's coming from that life is meant to be hard work Mm. we say to children no you have to work hard if you want to achieve something or first work and then play. Mm, separation yeah? of... We have these beliefs around hard work, that life well, has like to be hard there's work. There's a punishment reward in that. Yeah, and I remember, or that we, in order if you want to be given, you have to, if you want to receive, you have to give. And, you, you know, it's like an exchange. But I remember reading that now the meaning of our life is a play. Mm. We are meant to play. We are meant to enjoy our lives. And we are we are here to receive. Mm. And the part of we are here to receive is also, of course, you give, but it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to give. You just give because give and receive becomes enjoyable mm. circle of playing. And that completely flipped my how I view my life. But that also completely flipped my approach to my children's education, uh, to uh, homeschooling our children. Yeah. Yeah. I really consciously started removing from saying, oh, you have to work hard or, you know, it takes. Now I would say uh, it takes sometimes it, you have to practice. If you have to master something, then, of course, there is a stage of practice. But if you want to practice, even the practice practicing itself is a play mm. because you choose to do so. And I like to use you as an example that it doesn't feel is a hard work to go and train so he can run barefoot. Yes, there is the physical effort to do so, but he enjoys it. That in the end, that's what he wants, you know? So it's a play. He's playing. So um, Which is that, back to that. Is the word the play has so much state more. state of mind that you kind of connected with at that time right yes rather than acts of play it was a viewed through a playful lens which was the playful state of mind so we have to distinguish between play like we think children playing with toys or playing games or Mm. you know play let's look at play as a playful state of mind which everybody is at yeah even adults are in a playful we are in a playful state of mind right now Yeah, yeah are we working hard yeah 
you know they're playing no it's not it's again it's that um there's that's what we currently view through the lens of flow state mm -hmm. you know yeah so we could use lola mini as an example like given the space to allow that playful state to really um develop even in illustration for instance like suddenly having this obsession over illustration <clears throat> and being given the full freedom to express what that that is and that could mean waking up they might have a little i don't know if they decide to have a run around the garden whatever they're doing or what i set them is called homework is mobility <laughs> their homework's mobility um and then they're they're at the table and then all of a sudden there's there's just it could be drawing but the drawing might last the whole day so that's in a full place full state of mind for a whole day and i th i think when we where does that work and play come in it's not just the language of parenting it's also within the schooling environment because you then have oh, i have an hour art lesson by the time I've actually got round to sitting down, being given a piece of paper and a crayon or a pen or whatever it is, it's like the timer starts. And we now have 30 minutes before everything then gets packed up, put away. And within that 30 minutes, I'm 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 trying in a way to access a, a playful flow state, which mm. we call it today. And then I'm beep, next lesson. Now we're into something completely different. And then trying to find playful state or flow state for these little micro measures of that and i guess then if we apply that lens to nature and i, I always speak to bruce parry on this because mm. his observation and time spent through tribes again there's that permanent when moving through the landscape and being at one with nature there's a permanent like the massaging or nourishing of the left and right hemispheres right within that environment and they're in tune with it they're in like the the flow state right which yeah. again we could observe and actually say well is that is that just a playful state of mind and if you yeah. if you yeah. wanted to bring like peter gray's work in that free to learn again the observation of the um for those that are familiar with my work you're probably sick of me repeating this one but it's 10 leading anthropologists what does childhood look like in nature you know, well, firstly, they're the most well-rounded, um, well-behaved individuals they'd ever met, right? Ever. Yeah. And yet they play from infancy all the way up to teenage years. So if we were to say that and you become an adult in your teenage years in the in indigenous cultures, right? So if you're now suddenly you've played from infancy through to teenage years and walk into adulthood, are you not still existing in a playful state? is there work no you know it's all flow state and if you're again as bruce is observing and voicing we've had that conversation that those left and right hemispheres are always being massaged they're in a perm they're in a mm. state of meditation in a frequency yeah. that you and i but can again, only dream of through accessing what is meditation breath work or mm. if nourished would be that flow state yeah but that's again that's amazing nature design yeah somehow we managed to remove ourselves from <laughs> yeah yeah and now we have to fix it yeah we... but yes is is um like when i read that children learn in a 
children learn in a playful state of mind. It was like massive awakening from me. Children don't learn through play. Children learn in a playful state of mind. Mm. And that's a difference yeah. because uh, I might be repeating myself as well, but I noticed that I would invent games because I wanted to teach children something and I thought that they will learn through those games because mm -hmm. children learn through, through playing. But I realized they didn't. They many times didn't like my game or they didn't like the rules or the game actually created competitive state of mind rather than playful state of mind. And I wasn't achieving my educational goals. Yeah? Yeah. But then if I flip it to children play in a... Playful uh, children learn in a playful state of mind. It changes it, mm. yeah. So in a way, in something that doesn't really look like a play to an observer, a child doing um, mathematical equations with pencil on a paper. For some children, that's a play. Yeah. They might be playing in that moment because they truly enjoy it. Mm. Like with Talula, because she was our third daughter, and I was brave enough to relax. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to introduce her to reading or writing. I'm going to wait until she asks. Yeah. Because I was confident with Lola Millie, they learned how to read. I thought, okay, let's try this theory that children will ask for it with Tallulah. And I didn't introduce her. She would ask her sisters who would show her some letters around the age of four. But I didn't. I never tried to trick her. Or say, oh, shall we look at these letters? Or, oh, how do you read this? I, I never did anything of that. I just waited and waited and waited. And when she was six, she turned six, and some... Um, Steiner. 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 I would say when children lose their yeah. teeth, it's a sign that their brain is ready. She lost her tooth. And then smashing books. <laughs> Not smashing books. A <laughs> couple of weeks after, she would say to me, Mommy... I think I'm ready to learn letters now. Yeah. And I said, all right. So I didn't even have any materials at home. And uh, I said, okay, so we just take it letter by letter. And I would um, draw pictures on paper for her. And we would cut out pictures out of magazine and stick for Apple. And we would make up all sorts of funny stories, how to remember that girl is for girl. And I would say, well, look, this looks like a face and the... Uh, Good, that looks like a plot on a girl. And she would create her own stories, how to remember what letter sound reminds her of, you know, um, of, of which word. In three weeks' time, and it was middle of summer, so it's not like, oh, she doesn't learn during summer holidays. Our children don't have conception of summer holidays, not summer holidays. <laughs> they just learn wherever, mm. even during Christmas, they would happily do something. So within three weeks, she knew all the letters. Now imagine if she was at school from the age of four and a half, it would have taken her so many years to work it out. Mm. And I took three months. And after those three, well, months, she took three months, she well, we yeah. together took we, three months. Yeah. yeah, she knew all the letters. She was very confident with them. Mm. Three months after she was reading simple books and now she read, reads books to Bo in the evening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But she wasn't working hard. You know, like we tell children, well, if you want to read, you have to work hard. You have to practice every day. Otherwise, you will not learn to read. If you want to, you have to practice. It's a hard work. For her, it was a play. She was in an amazing, playful state of mind. 
She was ready for it. She chose it. And it was easy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And timing yeah. and nurturing of the layers. Right? Yeah. Playful state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many things I would try with uh, even our Lola and Millie. But if they were not ready, they were not ready. Now, if they ask for it, it's just they suck the knowledge in like sponges. Yeah, it's an accelerated process. It's what it's like with any of and us. They don't like Lola enjoyed last year. We went through a bit of a history of literature. She was just enjoying it. She mm -hmm. wasn't even like I was. I was like Lola, are you sure you want to do all these exercises, writing? Yes, I love it, Mummy. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's so challenging. I love the challenge. Mm. She wasn't working hard. She was in a playful state of mind. Yeah. Writing and accepting the challenge that came from the exercise book we, we bought. Yeah, That's we how can, amazing I, I, it is. I can relate to that. I think we can all relate to those moments where you get an acceleration of your learning, mm. which is when you're, you know, I'm really interested in this cup with a dimple in it right now but you have no interest in it and simon here is going to try and teach us both about the cup but i'm the one that's really interested in the cup therefore i'm going to learn at a more rapid rate mm -hmm. and you're like what the fuck don't want to talk about the cup right now <laughs> i feel like that yeah. yeah you know and then and then depending on sensitivities even or personalities that are in that mix it can lead to why aren't I getting that about the cup? What's wrong with me? You know, reading can be very much like that. Mm. You know, because but some creating. kids are like, boom, they're in mm. already because they're already inspired by books. They're already in, like Lola was her like rapid reading rate and what she reads and what she consumes, like prolific reader, mm. because she loves reading, right? Mm. You know? But creating, because part of the playful process that our life is is plays also that we are creators yeah yeah so we are creations of nature or mm -hmm. we are created but we're also creators of our own lives or mm. our own reality in a certain way yeah. yeah yeah so the more we play the more we understand that we are creators like children yes they they are born they are in a way created yeah in bodies by their parents and they grow, 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 but they reach the age when they have, they understand, now I'm the creator. I have the ability to create something. Apparently that happens in teenage years. Mm. It's around six, the age of 16, that's when human brain is ready to step into that power, to understand I'm the creator. Wow, it's so powerful. And that I, haven't play... looked, I haven't thought, I haven't, that's so good, because I haven't yeah. thought of it like that. Imagine, again, valuable lessons, right? Mm. Like if, if someone spoke to you that language and said, you're so powerful mm -hmm. within you, you are a creator, right? Mm. You can create, you can create life, right? There isn't anything. I mean, what, what's more powerful well, for, than that? Bi from biological perspective, we can have children, we are creators that way. But I mean, we are creators also of, we are manifestors. Yeah, no, I know. We create I, I, ideas. I get it. I get we, it. It's like we things. are so powerful yeah. in that sense, right? Yeah. We are just creators, right? Yeah, we are creating our own realities and that's the playful stage of mind mm. so if you don't take that playfulness away if you don't take the playfulness away from children who play with mud or sand up to the age of seven and you don't take the playfulness away from 
children who between the age of 7 to 14 play with more advanced things, yeah, but they still play, then after the age of 14, they will play with ideas. Mm. They will play with their own ability to create. Yes. They will play with their own powers. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing to look at it that way. Well, it's right? also uh, a taking on the responsibility of viewing that um, from a parenting perspective to view the unraveling of that or the understanding of that for the child to fully hone their skill as the creator. Because let's say playing in the mud, playing in the puddles, the full expression of what that would be, yet um, I've clothed you in certain clothing that I don't want you to get dirty or you're in certain footwear that doesn't allow you to experience the full expression of how your feet would behave as the grounding influence for you to move that physicality mm -hmm. from. Um, the restriction that I might have put you in those clothes that mean restrict your movement, not just I'm my, I can't handle the fact you're getting dirty. Mm. let the kids dirty the walls let the kids get dirty mm. um, but also allow them to wear things that allow them to understand they have this full capacity and full expression which is playful like understanding how you can move physically is very it can be an incredible playful experience right mm. you know well sadly again because we removed ourselves from amazing nature design we created world that we not always can allow children to play and explore on their own. Mm. We have to stop them. So we can't we can't allow a toddler to chew on everything around them. No, because, because it's not biomaterial and it's not to do nature it. anymore and it's actually potentially toxic for them to chew on it. Mm. Yeah. But then of course with the act of removing, you are creating a sign for the child who don't trust your own senses, don't trust your own intuition. Your intuition wants to chew, but your parents tell you, no, you don't chew on that. Yeah, so we create Sadly, an environment that yeah. removes the intuitive. A child wants to scribble the walls. Expression of playing even with chewing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the child wants to scribble the walls, but no, we don't even... We didn't allow it, did we? <laughs> because when you rent the house, <laughs> yeah. you just can't allow it to scribble on the walls. Yeah. But again, we have to work with what we've got. And yes, some things, in some areas we would create boundaries, but then we would allow lots of space for children to experience the playful freedom and trust their own senses and intuition and do their own choices. And yeah. I guess also learning life skills of boundaries, right? Yes. Parameters. Which for, there are many in our world, but yes. But yeah. that play yeah. to unfold. So, Katarina, how, how's um, how's this new move of ours down to Cornwall? How are you finding that? How's Kernalfornia for you? And what boxes does that tick? I mean, if we went back to the, you know, the playful expression of Katarina... How's that in Cornwall right now? I think the nature exposure to Cornwall is pretty good because the ocean is still wild, mm. right? You don't find that much wilderness anymore in UK, right? Yeah. There are beautiful forests and national parks and woodlands. Beautiful. And... But the ocean is really wild. So, and we always comment on it. Sometimes we go to beach and we sit there for 30 minutes 
and we feel so invigorated, don't we? Yeah. We feel like, oh, I've been somewhere today. I've done something. And sometimes just going to the beach, dipping in the cold water, little bit of play, little bit of breath work, hot cacao, and we go home. And I, f- I feel so content. Yeah, it's it's the nature exposure is pretty good on the beach. In yeah, the wind, the ocean, the sunshine. So from that perspective, it ticks these boxes. Yeah, community. We are close to many like-minded people here, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ability to... to provide as well, so we are able to run, you're able to run the business, I'm ha- able to help you, so that's possible here as well. Yeah, and landing the 100 Human Experience just 10 minutes up the road this yeah. weekend, right? That was great. It's great to um, drop into that experience now and have that here, land that here, mm. you know, in the community that invites in. Mm. Well, the... for many years we wanted to be in a position when we can run events from where we live. Mm. So... Yeah, it was kind of it was mm. that that was what felt like it would bring it together and bring so it feels good, doesn't community it? together. Yeah. Sometimes when people come around, they would say, "Oh well, thank you for sharing your house with us." And you must feel relief once all the people are gone. And I was like, "No, I love people around the house. <laughs> just come." Well, just over, <laughs> that's what we wanted, over right? The last few days we've had a. <laughs> House for the people with friends and facilitators who are friends, but in a way, coming to the house, right, and having way, dinner yeah. together, and the kids being in that mix, and <laughs> and they're like, you know, we joke about it, but I, Tom Kennedy, I, I refer to as like Uncle Energy. You got Kate in there, who's like yeah. Auntie Energy, and that's, and again, in and the, also it meets my social yeah. needs again. So. Even though I'm homeschooling and I'm with children, I've got the social experience and uh, mm. so I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've got and you have your own group going on here now once a week. With, yeah, children um, have got their own groups. I've got my own group, but also we have our own social life, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Any, you know, because we unpacked a lot in there around what works in nature. Um, any takeaways you think for anyone that might be listening towards parenting or uh, self-care parenting, but or... I think anything like it could be the self-care it could be I know here we go how about the almost like the disconnecting from those belief systems that can be quite limiting you know when it's coming in and you've got your your what would be that where your normalized templates have come from like mum coming in you know Katerina you should be working yeah you know and and how do you how do you get into that really trusting your own intuition to be able to answer that so and own it explore if you say if a woman says, oh, that's what I want or that's what I need in my life or this is how I imagine things should be, explore whether it is I believe in it, I think I believe in it, I should believe in it because that's three different things. I should believe in it is a belief that we inherited or kind of sucked in and we don't even know where it's coming from Mm. might be even old 
many years, but we somehow believe in it because it, we need to start questioning it. Yeah. Uh, I think I believe in it is like people, people think that's what they want, but it's just because they haven't explored anything else. Mm. Yeah. And I believe in it is something you did the journey, you looked inside. It it's a decision that comes from your heart and you know, that's what you believe in it. That's what you believe in. Yeah. I would say explore those three things. And it's a journey. You know, it's of course. It's all a journey. Doesn't come from one day to to another. Yeah. So don't don't be afraid to question where what what you do every day, where is that coming from? Yeah. Does it truly comes from your heart? Or is it something you just sucked in and are doing because other people believe in it? You know, yeah, yeah. So the but the the intuition is there. The inner wisdom is there. You just have to listen to it. And sometimes the inner wisdom that we are born with and children have it because it has been stopped, stomped on the inner wisdom. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't trust your feelings. That's what not you are meant to do. This is how you are meant to do it. Yeah. So the inner wisdom gets more and more quiet and the chaos and mess steps in. But the inner wisdom is there. Mm. It's, it's quiet, but it's there. It's, it's there is nurturing. A, there is heart-brain connection. Yeah, we, These days, if somebody wants to explore, there are serious scientific books written on um, heart-brain connection. Listen to your heart isn't just a statement. We actually truly can listen to our heart. Heart... Our hearts are also organs that are intelligent. Mm. They're not just blood pumping organs. So um, listen to your heart. Don't be afraid to uh, go after that intuition because the wisdom is there. Towards all, anything in the world and that involves even parenting. Yeah. So if, if a mother feels a certain way, the feeling is probably... The quiet feeling is there for a reason. Yeah, it's the nature's program there. Of course, we can get confused and there is lots of, um, you know, it's important to read, educate yourself, talk, listen to what the other people want to say. And yes, you might feel like there is chaos and you don't know who shall I believe, who shall I trust. Then again, just like us, take it back to yourself. Mm. What would you, what, what, what would be the nature's answer to that? And then just find your ways, pra practical steps as close to it as, as much as you can. And I like saying, do what you can, do your best and don't worry about the rest. Yeah. Do your best yeah. in, um, Healthy eating, movement, self-care, um, breastfeeding, getting children to sleep, educating children. Just do your best and don't worry about the rest, you know? Yeah, it's because part of the life. We, we, I guess for those, you know, because we're an unschooling family, right? Mm. So it's then those that aren't in that situation and their kids aren't in a school system. 
Yeah. And then what? And it's like again, it's the you say it's the same. It's like do do you do your best outside of that environment to then yeah. reconnect them to what how they nurture those physical, social, and you spiritual know what? needs. I hate I hate seeing people upset. I hate yeah. seeing mom saying, well, I planned home birth and it didn't work out or yeah. I planned breastfeeding and I just couldn't. Well, the, fa- or, the feeling of failure comes into it. Yeah. No one's a failure here. Or I hate I hate mom seeing them cry and feeling upset that mm. it's just it's so difficult for them or the school might be difficult, you know. I actually hate it. <laughs> then that's the moment when I feel just, you know, just shut up, stop talking about natural parenting. But again, in any situation, I also believe that in any situation, we can do our best. Yeah. Yes. And also, our hope is, even if things are not perfect and we have messed up with nature, there is chance for us to heal. Well, as we... And as, we're all on a massive healing journey. We're all, all on us. a massive healing yeah. journey, which again can't, brings it right full yeah. circle to that sharing at the 100 Human Experience where, you know, that there was this story of ah we feel really safe you know mm. being around conscious men it's it's very healing and mm. nurturing knowing that and that's not to say they were handed the best baton of that leg of their relay race right mm. that we call life like we are healing my life wasn't perfect when i was 21 <laughs> Yeah, but again, 16, and again, yeah. think of the templates mm. or the observations that we were making in from our parents you mm. know and here we are, you know. Yeah, I I believe that even in the ecological catastrophe we are at, people we are now aware of, yeah, there is way out of it. I believe in it. Mm. Yeah, there Some... is there is even the planet and the ecosystem. Everything is as bad as we know, and it's probably worse than we know. I do believe that we can heal. I mm. I do believe there is a chance for us. Mm. It's just. The healing has to come start from within, from inside. And every individual has to start from themselves. But there is hope for us. I really believe in it. Yeah. So even if mother-baby relationship isn't perfect, there is a space to heal for the child. Even child's trauma can be healed. Yeah. yeah? Even a baby who was left crying, even that baby can be healed. You know, it's not... We have a chance. That's yeah. that. I'm. That's hopeful, darling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. You know, but I truly believe in it because if I didn't, we would be pretty depressed. Right? We would, right? Yeah. And again, and we need the positive stuff. Yeah. There's finding the again. You apply your playful state of mind to that, right? Mm. You know, the divergence. You know, we can go on this path where. We just open ourselves up to receiving, receiving again, right? Mm. What could be the negative language of the world or we have direction and we say, well, this is the path we want to walk. This is the path we want to be on Mm. towards growth. So where, where do you want to go? And that, that is, that is a choice. Ultimately that has to come from that internal world of where do I want this to be? Do I want to move in this direction? Is it growth promoting? Or is it compromising me? Mm. And therefore, that's that's a really important place to get to because it's like, well, if it is compromising, I have to question, why the fuck am I doing that? You know, mm. versus, wow, this is all growth promoting. And, and they might the... be, but they might be incremental steps. And Carl Richards, 
behavioral gap. So he was mm. the guy who dropped in. He was uh, he'd write for the New York Times, and he'd do a piece a month. By the end of the year, he kind of have a book. But he had this illustration, and it showed steps like this. Can you see those? And then next to it, he'd have a line like that, right? Mm. And then on the other side of the steps, oh, sorry, and then on the other side of this one, it would be that as in a descent. Mm. So it would be crush it, crash, or it would be crush it, rest, crush it, rest, crush it, rest, crush it, rest. And so that remove crush it, and it's just look for growth, you know? And it, for some, that can be a, a catapulting of growth, mm. you know? And for others, it's these steps and just steps that you make along the path but i really for me i really do believe it's the direction it's like where am i heading either as i'm being catapulted or as i'm making small steps along that path mm. you know and for some when we observe them we think well they're laying down these huge paving slabs like boom paving slab goes down and on i go to the next one and others are lying down these like, tiny little squares and they seem to take forever and i feel like i was one of those if i if i think about the conversations i've just had recently with people in their 20s and 30s and how it's just dropping in for them and none of that happened to me until i was like 38 really started to do to noticing that so for me it felt like very much these little steps but again when you zoom out those little squares there's an incredible mosaic there that you might have created and it's to take time with yourself in that nurturing of what that feeling or intuition might be yeah because for every person it might be different right yeah that's in the long and short of it Catherine. you just covered it in that little sentence yeah. there yeah so pragmatic hey <laughs> <laughs> i want to speak to the heart it's actually so simple <laughs> yeah it is so simple if you can't explain it simply you don't understand it um i want to speak to the that just just the heart again because it's very interesting when it comes to decisions you know and something might drop in for me and then I'll hear it and I'll hear it and I'll sit with it for a bit and then I go, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to, I'll go again just to, just, or I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, you know? And then if it, and then I shine a light on it again and then perhaps it doesn't work. And for you, and I express that you say, oh, I just wouldn't have done that. I would, <laughs> because again, there's intuition, there's a heart in there and it's something that, for for men to tune into as well and to understand that it's almost like that's a real female superpower that I always feel that real intuition and that heart. So I, what would be interesting, you know, you know the heart, this heart brain relationship, the rhythm of that. I wonder if there's any studies between like the the male and female interpretations of that I wonder what that would look like mm. because I don't know I just for me it started with the yeah it's called um heart math science yeah heart math yeah yeah, mm. yeah which is the incoherence and coherency but since testing then I noticed lots of articles and books on heart heart brain connections and mm. I'm sure there will be like past two three years even new research something i haven't read yet mm. you know it's apparently the middle brain the emotional brain um you know that like there are three yeah, parts yeah. of brains yeah. so the, the triune brain, brain. The emotion yeah. the mammalian brain mm. is connected to the heart yeah 
and that intelligence can grow within men and women. But then, of course, there is probably difference, men and women, you know, F female intuition, male intuition. I don't know. <laughs> I think I just... No, so I was saying, I, wa I wonder if there is anything out there yeah. that would yeah. speak to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on that now. I think that's... <laughs> yeah, because it's certainly a... Do you, do you feel that that level of intuition... Um, do you feel there was a shift in that with having Lola? I, f I feel that with every child, every baby, I became more and more intuitive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, you know, like... Um, I said that we all know that the world is mess and we disattached ourselves from nature and uh, people are stepping forward and we have all sorts of specialists coming with solutions, whether it's ecological solution or creating uh, energy, alternative energy solutions, building solutions, mm -hmm. material solutions. Yeah, people are trying to find ways or growing vegetable solution, rewilding solution. Mm -hmm. One of the solutions we should really concentrate on is to invest into proper bonding of mother and a child. Mm. I've, there is a tremendous potential in that bond because it works two ways. It's mm. very healing for the mother mm -hmm. and it's, it's creating new brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's allowing the child to be so growing, you know, well, growing brain, growing the the brain heart connections, mm -hmm. not stamping on them. Yeah, suppressing yeah? what that development. Allowing them. So, like you say, that what you can do at the age of fifty, now you're surprised other people can do at the age of thirty. Mm. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want the younger and younger generations to be more and more conscious, more and more open. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but in, and it starts with mother and a child, you know, we are not excluding fathers, but that's how it is. It's nature. The baby grows in mother's womb. Mm -hmm. That's it. But the amazing uh, mother-child bond and attachment that is, that has far more spiritual meaning that we can even imagine, that, of course, then shifts on the father-child attachment mm. and the child-other uh, child members of the community attachment mm. and the child-the uh, consciousness around us attachment, yeah? Yeah. But it starts there. It starts with the mother-child bond and it's very healing for the mother as well. That's how I experienced it. I experienced with every single child as if I healed. Mm. But I would like to emphasize again, you allowed it. You helped me to experience it, yeah? So it was my choice, but it was also your contribution to it. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great place to finish. Good. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Love you. Love you, darling. Shavalg. <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on then. Uh, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you feel drawn to do so, then please subscribe to the show, leave a review, and don't forget to share. Sharing is caring. It really helps me to help others. If you're drawn to immersing yourself in any of the NatLife experiences or see yourself as a NatLife coach, head to tonyriddle.com for details of how to immerse yourself in the community. You can follow my adventures on Instagram at The Natural Lifestylist. Big shout out to Simon from We Are The Clarks for producing, filming, editing. Much love. Much love.